Hello and welcome to this program. My name is Art Cardos and you're joining us for All In. That's right, All In with the Lord. And today we're going to talk about what we always talk about, how to get closer to God and how to stay all in and how to activate our faith. You know, it seems like I I talk about that a lot and we're going to continue to talk about it until all of us get it, okay? Because um, activating our faith for one another and activating our faith in the Lord is all about how the kingdom of God works. You know, when we think about life and, you know, think about what's going on around us, there's a lot of opportunity to do wrong things. There's a lot of opportunity to go the way of the world. When you look at your body and you see uh, one human body, uh, even if it's somebody who's homeless, a drunk, or addicted, whatever, that body that they're living in is so precious because in it, are all the miracles of the universe operating in order for that body to function. Now, the body has uh, a lot of elements in it. You know, when you cut yourself, it tries to heal itself. You know, when you uh, are hungry, it tells you to eat. Then it also processes that food. It processes that food, causing it to go through your system, and everything works together for good at that point. So, all I'm saying is that the human body is quite magnificent. And if each one of us would begin to realize what God gave us, we would want to make better use out of it. Um, when you think about the human body, when you think about our human body, you are also thinking about how to improve your body or how to, how can you get closer to God? How can you utilize it? And that's what the Bible tells us to do. It says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. We have to transform ourselves. You know, today we have computers, and uh, one of the thing about it, one of the things about a computer, they all have what's called a hard drive. And by now, most people have heard that term. Uh, they have a hard drive, and sometimes, and if you're like some of us that have been around a little while, you've gone through all the stages of upgrades in the software. Maybe it started with um, the upgrade from, uh, if you're a Windows person, you know, Windows 3, Windows 4, Windows 5, Windows 6, 7, 8, 9, and now 10, and, and on. And if you don't do the upgrades, you find out the computer isn't working quite right. It's going a little slower. It's not doing all the things it's supposed to do. So you have to make the upgrades. The software has to always be managed. In all of us, we have software. We have software from when we were a kid. It was built in, what we're to believe, what we're to think, how we are to act, how we are to believe, if you had faith built in or not built in. Maybe you were mistreated, abused, or whoever or whatever situation you had that is exactly the software that you're dealing with. You need an upgrade. Most people, I would say all people, need an upgrade. I need an upgrade daily. And the only way to upgrade this software, see, in, in, a, in a computer, like we all know, you can reboot the computer, right? You can shut it off and reboot it and have a what they call a fresh start or a clean start. But if you shut off the human body, there's a term for that. You're called dead. <laughs> so you can't shut it off, okay? But you have to upgrade the software while you are constantly alive. And so there's a way to do that. And the Word of God gives us the formula for how to upgrade that software. You know, uh, it's, it's true. I mean, you think about it, what you believed when you were a kid versus what you believe now. 
or if you're still a kid, what you believe, you will you will not be believing the same thing when you're 20 years from now or 30 years from now because we change and we have to always be going with the times. Now, if we're if you're watching a lot of television and watching a lot of um, the hatred that's on there, you're filling up your software with overload of things that you don't even understand. And it causes us to think like the world, act like the world, be bogged down like the world, and to probably have what the world has as a whole. Now, as a Christian, the Bible says you are born again. You get a fresh reboot. Well, yeah, you do. You, when you accept Jesus as your Lord, now that old hard drive, that old software is still there. But the new formula, the new Word of God, has access to feed into a new system, thereby transforming the old system. So, by putting in the Word of God into the born-again spirit, what happens is it becomes a filter, a filter that stops the old ways from having free reign over your body. The old ways are the old ways of the, of the software that try to work all the time. This is what I believe. This is what I think. This is how I am. This is what I do. Now you put in the Word of God, which is the upgrade to the software, and the more you put it in, and the more you put it in, and the more you put it in, it becomes a filter to stop you from letting the old software run your body. Wow. Is that thought or what? So, how does that work? Well, let's say you're sick. You don't feel good. And you find a scripture that promises you that you can be well. Well, so your mind is saying, I don't feel good. I don't feel well. I don't feel healthy. I don't feel. Okay. Now you take the word of God. It depends on what the thing is. But in this case, we'll just use Isaiah 53 because by his stripes, you were healed. You are healed. So if you begin to take that scripture verse and apply it because now your born again spirit is hungry, it wants to be fed and you feed it that word, that filter now begins to stop the old filters that are telling you you're going to get sick. It's a 14 day flu. This is the way it works. And this is the way it'll be. Versus, I have been redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. Every germ and every virus that touches this body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Every organ and every tissue of my body will function in the full perfection to which God Almighty created it to function. And I forbid any malfunction in Jesus' name. That's the renewed spirit. So, where is all this stuff coming from anyway? The Bible calls it in our heart, right? In the heart of man. So, the old heart, and I'm going to call the heart another name for a database or hard drive, just like we would say in a computer. But in our heart, the old the old data is in there, but the new data is also in there. So, the new man created in Christ now has to be made strong in order to uh, overtake the old man. That's the way it works. Uh, once you've accepted the Lord, now you at least have an avenue to do that with and allow the born-again spirit to do that. But you have to accept them. You have to accept what Jesus did on the cross. <clears throat> you have to accept the fact that he died for your sins, that you are a sinner, and he paid the price. And in the process of doing that, you get a new hard drive, so to speak. You get a fresh, clean start. Now you start feeding it. Now here's the next thing. Okay, uh, one thing I know 
noticed about the human body, you know, we have to eat more than one time a day. Uh, I know you fa- I know there's fasting and stuff, but you don't fast forever. You need to eat. If you don't put in the fuel, the body gets tired, weak, blood sugar drops, you can't think, all that good stuff, right? So you need need to eat. Some people eat more than they need to eat, but we need to eat. So how about spiritual food? Now that you're born again, the spirit man, the spirit man needs to be fed. If you don't feed your spirit man, um, you're, you're going to be malnourished in the spirit. So what happens is then you don't feel good. It's easier to say, well, I'm, I just, I got to sit this one out. I can't do anything because I don't feel good. Versus, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. Of course, it's not my own strength, for it is God who is all all the while creating within me the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And I'm convinced that he who began a good work in me will continue until the day of Jesus developing that work and bringing it to full completion. So you see, I'm healed today. I'm a powerful overcomer. Now, where'd that come from? That came from renewing my mind with the Word of God more than one time. There's food in there. There's food to re-nourish my spirit. Now, how do I uh, continually put food in? I read the Word. I read it out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So we have to put food in. Got to put food into your flesh or you're going you're gonna to eventually die. Got to drink water. Got to eat food. At the same time, you've got to put food into your spirit. Going to church once a week is not enough food for the spirit. Try feeding yourself your body once a week. So okay, it's Sunday. We're going to eat now. And then you can't eat on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're waiting for Sunday because you're a Sunday person. That's not the way it works. Your spirit man needs to be fed daily three times a day or more, just like your physical man. So how are you going to do that? Well, that's where the Word of God comes in. That's where repeating the Word of God out loud comes in. And that's where having set scriptures come in. Um, if you're watching this program on, online, which is also, this is also online at armiesforjesus.com, or you can go to armiesforjesus.com, um, you will be able to or all in, by the way, all in for Jesus.com. You'll be able to download um, a book of scriptures that has what I call power scriptures, where you can begin at least, at the very least, you could take this book and repeat it out loud every day. Take you about 20 minutes. It's all just different scriptures that have to do with transforming your mind. You repeat it out loud every day. And you do that every day or three times a day or pick one scripture out of, out of there, do them all in the morning and then do take one scripture for the day and keep repeating it to yourself out loud, out loud, out loud. Feed your spirit. Your, your spirit needs to be fed and it has to be done on purpose. Uh, you cannot do this haphazardly. You have to make a decision. Your first decision is you accepted the Lord as, as Savior. Your name's written in the book of life. Yep, you're going to go to heaven. But you still have to live your life. And you can live it broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, or you can transform yourself. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's very important. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the only way you can renew your mind, according to the Word of God, is by stating the Word of God out loud. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. 
Can you hear? If you can't, because maybe your ears need to be opened, and that's not a joke. I mean, if you have a hearing issue, then we need to pray over that and pray for your ears. But you need scriptures to back it up. And there is closed captioning for anybody that needs it. And you know, you just need to do whatever you got to do. You got to speak the word. You got to hear the word. So if you can't hear it, you can see it and you can read it and the word will transform you. Very, very important. Very, very important. So in talking about God's word, okay, and talking about the kingdom, talking about putting it in, talking about the fact that you got to feed yourself, okay, um, and the software. We have to change the software. Uh, we, we definitely have to uh, do something to upgrade our software on a daily basis. If you're not upgrading it, you're going to have a problem. Then what do you do? Okay, well, you, you, in, the, in the past weeks, we've talked about setting goals and praying and how to believe for something. And I'm going to pick right back up where I was at the last program on Mark 4.11, because Jesus is talking about the sower sows the word, okay? And Mark 4.11, I mean, if you don't know what to read in the Bible, go to Mark 4.11. It's a great place just to read it, you know? It'll always give you something. It will not let you down. So in Mark 4.11, I'm going to start there and just read it to you real quick. Jesus is talking. uh, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now, once once you got to the point where you recognize you do want to renew your mind, now you want to understand how does this kingdom thing work? Is it is it a thing? Is it a place or a thing? The kingdom of God is a system that operates in this earth. I don't care if you believe it or you don't believe it. There's things in the earth that just automatically happen. You agree? The sun comes up, the sun goes down. Okay? Weather happens. Things happen. And I know there's people out there to think we're manipulating the weather by doing crazy stuff, but they're giving themselves way too much credit. Man does not have the ability to manipulate the weather. God does. And in the process of doing that, he set up a system for everything in the earth. Everything. And there is this thing called the kingdom of God. Now, it is a dimension. I'm going to put it that way today. It's a dimension that you can not see. You don't see it with your eyes. You have to believe it, okay? Now, I do believe that Adam, in the beginning, when he, uh, before he sinned, before the, the tree of eating from the apple, from the tree of good and evil, before that, he was able to know and see a dimension that was actually creating what he was saying. So if he said something out of his mouth, I believe God originally created words as creative tools, not as a means of communication. We use them as communication, but it's a creative tool. The words that we speak are creative tools. I believe when Adam said, I'm hungry, food, I need food, he could actually see in the dimension where the mass, the energy was forming that and bringing it together so that he would have whatever he needed. I would like an apple today. I would like this. I I don't even know what kind of food God arranged for Adam to have early on, but I'll bet it was really good food. And I'll bet he didn't even have to, like if he ate one thing, it probably was good for 24 hours. I don't know. But I just know that God knew and Adam knew and God and Adam was able to do that. And then all of a sudden, he could see in that dimension. Uh, there, there are many dimensions, by the way. I mean, you know, we we all take today frequencies, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi in your house. Do you see Wi-Fi? Well, how do you know I have? How do you know you have Wi-Fi? Well, because the green lights on and the Wi-Fi thing. Yeah. Well, and somewhere going through your house is something called Wi-Fi, and everything you have, your phone, 
everything is hooked up to it, right? Right. So you can't see it, but you got to believe it's there. Well, I paid the bill. It's there. Okay. Well, you paid the bill. You got Wi-Fi. Now, how do you know when it's working? Well, you connect the device and things happen. Now, if you could see when you pray or speak God's word, if you could see in that dimension and see that things are happening, well, you'd relax and say, well, my computer's slow or the internet's a little slow today, but it's happening. Well, why don't we do that with the word of God? Why don't we just say, hey, you know, in my spirit, uh, my filter system here is uh, making my system move a little slow, but I still know it's coming. What I prayed for is coming. Okay, so now we go back to Mark 4.11, where Jesus said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and and not perceive, and hearing they may hear but not understand. So if you haven't yet accepted Jesus as your Lord, you're hearing this stuff, but you're not getting it. You're not, you're not, if you're not totally all in with the Lord, you're not getting it. You're, you're hearing it, but not hearing it. You're not perceiving it. You're seeing it or, or reading it, but it's not making sense to you. So the first thing that has to happen is you gotta, you gotta go all in with the Lord. You gotta say, Lord, I totally surrender to you. I really want to get this stuff. I really want to see how it works. Open my eyes to the Word of God. So then Jesus says, Do you not understand this parable? He's talking to his apostles, by the way. Do you not understand this parable? This is so or so is the Word. How then are you going to understand all the other ones I'm going to tell you? So if you don't get this parable, the one so or so is the Word, then you can't, won't get any other. So turn on your spiritual ears and let's listen to what Jesus is saying here, maybe in a different light, and remembering that there's a dimension you cannot see. And in that dimension, the minute we sow, a farmer sows, goes out and sows corn in the ground, he puts it in the ground, something begins to happen. It's called germinating, right? And you can't really see it unless you've got x-rays set up or you have a way to look in there to see if it's actually doing something at a microscopic level. But again, the sower sows the word, farmer sows the seed. So, Here's what he says. The sower, in this case the farmer, meaning you and I, who are the uh, the children of God, okay? The sower sows the word, W-O-R-D. And there are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, okay, so God promises you something in his word. He tells you that you can be healed. He tells you that you can be delivered. He tells you that you can be made whole. So the minute you start to say that, or if you take that scripture book and download it off the internet and then read it out loud, and the minute you hear something, you're going to go, you might believe it for a minute, or you might even get excited for a minute. But I guarantee you, right after that, you're going to hear inside here somewhere from that old software, from that old man, he's going to, oh man, you can't really believe that's going to work. Now, if it doesn't have any roots because it hasn't grown yet, well, here's what Jesus said. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside. So if you're going to be along the wayside, you're not going to get it where the word is sown, and when they hear it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. Okay, so let's say we pray with someone, or you pray, or someone prays with you, and and we agree in the name of Jesus that you are to be healed, or to have the money to pay your bill this week, or whatever. 
whatever it is. And we stand in agreement, powerful prayer. And then let's say I prayed with you and I leave and you're all by yourself. And you say, well, felt good, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, the minute you say the words, we will see what happens, you've given Satan legal right to slow down that seed I'm sorry. Your words gave him legal right to slow it down, slow the growth down. Words matter, okay? They just do. That's why God said Jesus is the Word, and the Word became flesh, dwelt among us, right? Okay. So Satan came when? Immediately. Right after we prayed, I left, and you're sitting there, and you go, I don't know. I don't know. So Satan got to you, because there was no roots yet, okay? So these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. So if you're a farmer, you don't like to put corn or peas, potatoes, anything into a ground that's all stone, right? Because it's not going to grow right. So what happens in the stony ground? They they, uh, hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but they don't have any root in themselves, and so they endure only for a short time. So the first guy didn't even endure for 10 seconds, right, after he was left alone. The stony ground guy or girl, okay, agreed for a period of time. Maybe, let's say it was a month. A whole month went by and nothing happened. And all of a sudden, that ground is, oh man, I don't know. You know, I I prayed, I tried that. It didn't work. It probably isn't going to work for me. It is working for you because now you've given your mouth legal right to say it won't work and it won't. And you're agreeing and saying, Well, it didn't. I was right. But you are the one who legally gave it that authority. The Word is a very powerful thing. Think back to how God made the universe. God said, God said, light be. Was there light when God said it? No. It came after he said it. So calling things that are not as though they are, but then having to stay with it is how the process works. That's called the kingdom of God. But we are talking about how it works, how your life can work, feeding yourself both physically but also spiritually. And you've got to feed yourself, got to upgrade your software so that the hard drive can be upgraded so that this body can function the way God meant it to, the way God designed it to. And we're back, and uh, we're on the program called All In, and uh, at this time uh, of the week, every week, we do this program, and we just do it to encourage ourselves and encourage anyone who's listening, that God has a plan for you, and He wants you to use it. Oh, He wants to bless you. He wants each one of us to upgrade our software and understand how this works. Uh, We've been talking about upgrading our software. We've been talking about uh, becoming renewed in the Word of God. And I left off on Mark chapter 4. Started at 11, but I'm up to about 16, verse 16. And we're talking about what happens when we sow the Word of God. God's Word, the Bible tells us God's Word never returns void. We're talking about this kingdom of God. It's an invisible kingdom that you can't see. It has rules. It works. It's called, if you could see into a dimension where all prayer goes, all prayer is working in this dimension. You know, um, angels 
operate in a different dimension. And you can't see them either, but they are here. They are operating. And sometimes God has people that he opens their eyes to see those angels and see different things that are going on. But that's a different dimension. We talked about frequencies. You have radio frequencies. You have all kinds of different spectrums of light. Things that you our bodies just don't see because that part was turned off when Adam sinned. I believe it was turned on when and before Adam sinned, but you know, he could see everything. So he got excited because God said, look, if you do this, this happened. If you do that, this happened. Come over here. You name the animals. You give them a name and they will become what you say. So Adam had that opportunity and he could see all that happening. But now, uh, as we go on, we see that it's not that simple uh, because Lucifer got involved and he disconnected him from that situation. He disconnected him from uh, that frequency so man could no longer see what was happening. Adam got afraid. He didn't even know how to operate during that period of time. He had to um, think about things and work for it because he didn't know how to take the fast track. And that's why the Bible says, you know, from that point on, he had to work for food. He had to do all the work. <laughs> but there was a way before that where he didn't have to do that. It just happened. So, Jesus got it all back for us. That's the good news. Jesus is the second Adam. Some people really struggle with that. Adam failed, fell from grace, fell out, could no longer do all the things in the way it was being done prior. But Jesus came, defeated all of Satan's kingdom, and got it back for us. And now he's telling us, I'd like you to take the keys to the kingdom and get it back for yourself. I already got, legally got it back. But you got to wake up. You got to do something. You've got to wait, feed your spirit, man. You've got to become an adult. Stop eating just baby food and start eating the meat of the word. And that's what the Bible tells us. So we're talking about more meat than we are baby food and how you can actually change and transform any circumstance and situation that you come up against because you have been given the wisdom of Almighty God. So, I don't feel like I got the wisdom of God. It doesn't matter how you feel. Jesus got it all for you. It's a matter of how you lean on that and recognize that and get it back. So, I was reading, I left off here about on stony ground. When you sow the word and it's on stony ground, somebody believes it for a week or two or a month and then... I don't know. And then Satan gets the legal right to stop the seed from growing. It might have been this close. It might have been so close to coming. But yet your words now say things like, well, I tried that for a month. It didn't work. So it probably isn't going to. And so you immediately are the reason it can't work anymore. Satan can't do one thing against you until you give him legal permission with your mouth. Just remember that. That is a fact. He is a powerless individual other than he takes advantage of the most powerful creature that God ever created, man. And I mean the species man, not just man. Man and woman are the species man. So both man and woman have tremendous power, but only Lucifer seems to be the one that totally grasps it. And he just goes after getting each person to do what he wants them to do, because the only power he has is if he gets you to believe the way he wants you to believe and say the things he wants you to say. 
He's got a lot of people working for him, believe me, and they don't realize what they're doing. Right now on the media, you can hear it every day. People repeating the same lie after lie after lie after lie. They don't even know what, where they got it from. They don't even know where it came from. But the father of liars, Lucifer, creates a storyline, gets somebody to say it. Then the next guy picks it up. The next news picks it up because they don't want to be left out. This one picks it up. This one, Even though it was a lie to begin with, nobody bothers to check it out anymore. They just lie, lie, lie till finally it's set around the world. That is Lucifer's goal, to get it set around the world, hoping hoping that he has enough people who actually believe it to cause it to come to pass. And that's the process. So he thinks if he gets everybody talking like a megaphone, repeating after themselves, that he can cause things to happen. In some cases, he can. In other cases, he can't. Because prayer against it will stop it. Prayer will stop it. Angels will stop it. But you must dispatch those angels. We have to pray and dispatch angels, and we have to take God's word and cause it. Or, there's another thing the Bible tells us we can do, and that is to bind whatever we bind on earth is is loosed on earth. Whatever we loose in heaven is loosed on earth. Whatever we bind, whatever we loose. So, if something that you said is wrong and coming against you, you can bind that spiritual force. You can bind it in Jesus' name. Okay? So, that is a very important thing. Bind that spirit. And, um, and so let's go back here. Let's go back here and, uh, and let's get back into the scripture. Okay, these are the ones on stony ground. We went through that. Afterward, when tribulation, okay, they only have root in themselves, so they only endure for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So when you feel persecuted or somebody's uh, coming against you or or you feel like you're in the middle of tribulation because you just got a bad doctor report, okay, then you um, are immediately stumbling because you don't have enough word to back up your side of the story. And it causes us to stumble. I mean, there are times when you get you hear things and they're just not what you want to hear. And and so you, you, you do stumble, okay? However... Now these are the and, and they ha, that's because you ha, there was no root, not enough word in there for root. <clears throat> okay, so now these are the ones sown among thorn. Okay, so now we got thorn. I don't know if you ever been in a thorn bush, but it's not fun. Jesus had thorns on his head. I'm sure that was not fun. But that is one of the things he did so that you could be delivered from having to be in the thorns. Okay, they're the ones who hear the word. Okay, you went to church on Sunday. Somebody actually preached a good good gospel. Okay. And uh, you heard the word, but the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. How's that happen? Well, you got too many things to do this week. I'd really like to meditate on that more, but I don't have time. Number one, the cares of this world, <clears throat> deceitfulness of riches. Well, I heard what they said, but I'm afraid if I do that, I won't make enough money doing my my stuff, you know. And I know the Bible said to forgive others and 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 not steal from them money money or anything, but that's the nature of my business. I take people's money and I steal from them. They don't even know they're not getting anything in return of value, but I do that. 
Well, that's deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things. I, you have such a desire just for things that you don't care what happens to other people. And that happens in goal setting with normal people who don't know the Lord. They set goals. They, they have a passion for it. They're going to get it. And that's, that is the name it, claim it group because they just don't care what happens to other people. But when you invoke the word of God with those goals, all things work together for good for those who trust the Lord. All things. So no one gets hurt. And that's the one thing I noticed. You know, I noticed that when I used to set goals prior to using the word of God, I got what I wanted, but not sometimes other people got hurt in the process. We don't want that. And God doesn't want that. We want to love our neighbor as Jesus Christ loved the church. And so we do that by turning it over to the Lord. You set your goals, but you're not coveting from another person. You're not taking what belongs to another person. Now, uh, if something belongs to another person, let them have it. The God's got plenty more. He'll give you something that you want, but go after that, not after what they have. Okay, so um, these are the ones among the thorns, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, desires for other things, entering in, they choke the word, chokes it right off, and it becomes unfruitful. So again, the word was stopped. In every case, the word is stopped. That's the key. So you take a scripture, apply it to what you believe, and then only say out of your mouth, thanking God that it's already done. You only praise him and thank him and apply the word in a positive way. You don't say another thing. Zip it. Zip it up. Zip it up. Zip it up. I mean, have you ever heard somebody, you say to somebody, how they, how you doing today? Oh my gosh. 20 minutes later, you know everything about their life and it's not always good. Most people can just spill it out and tell you what a rotten day it is. How do you think the fruit on their tree looks? What do you think is happening in their life? You can listen to a person talk for 10 minutes and tell exactly what their day is going to be like. I can. I can tell. And that's because words matter and words matter a lot. Okay, so finally, these are the ones sown on good ground. Wow. Now, we're striving here to be the good ground. So you're going to say the word, and we're going to become good ground. Now, what does good ground do? You hear the word, you accept it. You accept it. You take it. Oh, boy, that's it. God said, it's done. You ever meet anybody like that? Maybe that's a tough one. You know, maybe you don't know anybody like that. They accept the word of God as fact, and um, they hear it, they accept it, and period, they bear fruit. They bear fruit because they know. They know God's word never returns void. They learned it in here, in the Bible. They learned it. And they're speaking to themselves and saying, nope, once I say God's word and I don't back off, it will come to pass. That's seeing in that dimension that you cannot see, but it's happening. You're believing in it. That's why you must believe. That's why you must have faith. In Hebrews, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen that not are yet seen. So you must have faith, but it's a substance. Faith isn't nothing. It's a dimension. It's a substance. You know, when you, I don't know if you've ever seen a 3D printer, but if you've ever seen the 3D printer, um, you know, there's, you put all the materials in there and the thing prints out and actually makes the object that you're sending to the printer, right? Right. So when you put in a 3D printer, when you first start, you got all these pieces forming. It doesn't look like the whole thing you're wanting to build, but at the end, it will bring it all together. 
Okay, and uh, and and that uh, will you'll you'll see the finished product. That's what you'll see. So here in the earth, it's like a 3D printer. The the the, the Lord has a, a system set up that will create for you everything that you want if you say it. With, use God's word, speak it out of your mouth, and just know, just know how long until it comes. Some things take longer than others. So once you pray for something and you go down the road six months and it's not there yet, do you say, well, I don't know what God's going to do? Or do you say, I don't know, but I do know this. I know that the moment I prayed, it began a good, God began a good work in me and it's continuing and it will continue until I receive the answer to that prayer. That's how it works. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, and then Jesus goes on to say, once you know that, you're like a lamp in, in, the, in the earth. You're like a light. Because a light bulb goes on. You go, man, I can pray for anything. I can believe for anything. And I know somebody's probably saying right now, you know, I've tried this stuff. It doesn't work. Well, I'm going to tell you, it did work. It did work because you're now saying it didn't, which means at some point you quit and you stopped it from actually coming to pass. Don't quit. God never quit. When God started in the beginning, look, God lost Adam. Well, first he lost Lucifer, his archangel in heaven. Okay, then he lost Adam, the man he made. And then he lost the earth and everything in it because he gave it to Adam. He couldn't take it back. So Lucifer literally infiltrated into Adam and became the god of this planet. So when everybody looks around, you go, well, how <coughs> how can God allow sickness to come on kids and all these things to happen? God didn't do it. Lucifer did it. He took over earth through Adam. And what we're living in is a like a stage one of what hell would be like if Lucifer was let totally loose on this planet. Can you imagine how bad it would be? How would you like to be able to live forever? No, your body can't die, right? Well, it'll live forever, but you're going to have a disease <clears throat> that was awful. And you, you just have to suffer through it. That's the way you're going to live. That's hell, that your body cannot ever be restored. So God, in his infinite mercy, set it up that once Lucifer stole everything from Adam, that, that man would die once so that he could get him free from having to live under the hell that Satan was making for eternity. Because man would have lived for eternity. So he put a time limit on it and you will die, but you are born again. And once you accept Jesus, you're already starting to live in that other uh, part of heaven. You know, that when you leave your body, you'll be immediately there with an, you know, and you, you will be getting a new body then we'll live forever, but it will never see disease again. It will never be hurt again. That's what the Bible says. That's why when Jesus came, the angel said, this is good news. This is the good news. Jesus said, I bring you good news. You know, and uh, we have to go. That's a different scripture. I don't, I don't, I'm not running out of time here. So one last thing um, for, um, says here, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? It is not. It should be on a lampstand. So once you get this and once you understand it, you need to show people. You need to tell people. You need to be the lamp that's telling people. For there's nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret that it should come to light. So everything's available once you accept Jesus. All the information, you got to go get it. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. So if you're looking at this or watching this or hearing this on the radio, you're saying, I don't know. Well, then your ears aren't hearing. But if you have ears to hear, go dig up the Word of God. Get the Word at work. 
It says, Take heed what you hear, for with the same measure you will use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. So the word is such a thing that the more you use it, the more you see it work, the stronger it becomes, the mechanism becomes, that you'll do it more often and that you'll get more and it will benefit you. That's what it's saying. So with the same measure you give it, the same amount of time, measuring time to learn God's Word, put it in, live it. The more you measure time to it, the more it'll give back to you. And uh, the more you hear, the more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, have what? Hearing the Word of God. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Why? Because Lucifer will come immediately to steal it and get you speaking the way he wants you to speak. Boy, I, I, I mean, to me, it is so crystal clear here that if you hear the Word and you get it, you will stop living with the old software in charge and start living with the new reboot of the new software that is the Word of God at work coming out of your mouth and working in your life. And uh, <clears throat> and Jesus continues on, and he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Now, we were back, the word is the seed, right? But now, the, here's how the kingdom works. You're sowing seed on the ground. You're scattering it on the ground. Now, we already talked about it. You want to be the good ground, but you're scattering it. And should go to sleep by night and rise by day. So, you... you you put out your seed, go to bed, and the seed will sprout and grow. He himself doesn't know how. You don't know how. We don't know how. God arranged it that way. It's going to work, but you've got to scatter seed. So you go to bed, wake up, go to bed, wake up. You can't see it. It's in that dimension, but it's working. It's working. So if you've scattered seed and it's bad seed and you don't believe, all filled with disbelief, it's growing too. You got a lot of weeds. It's growing. So, for the earth yields a crop of itself, first the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, immediately he puts it to the sickle, because the harvest has come. So, every completion of a goal is a harvesting of the prayer that withstood the test of time. You didn't crumble. You didn't cave. You didn't stop. You simply moved into a realm of knowing that God's Word never returns void. I don't know about you, but for me, that makes a lot of sense. And you should go read this. This is not me talking. Mark 4, chapter 4, verse 11 through now around 26 or 27. Okay, for the earth yields a crop. That's what it says. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, to whom... Jesus continues, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we picture it? How shall we picture this? Okay, he says, now I'm going to give you a picture, and you'll be able to get this when I give you the picture. Boy, God did a picture software upgrade. He did. He gave us pictures so that when we picture it, the automatic upgrade to our software takes place. But you got to do it more than one time in a row. Okay, okay so how shall we liken it? How shall we picture it? It's like a mustard seed, okay, which when it's sown in the ground is smaller than all the other seeds of the earth. So when you first say the word, the smallest of all seeds, very small. If you go look up a mustard seed, they're very small. And if you if you plant that seed into the ground, you plant it into the ground, okay, it's it's the tiniest seed. But look, 
But when it's sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the other herbs and shoots out large branches so that birds of the air may nest under it in the shade. So the picture he's given us, whatever it is you want, decide what you want, decide what you're praying for, okay? And take God's word, find, that's why we say, number one, decide what you want. Number two, write it down. Number three, find three scriptures for each prayer or for each goal that the scripture, the word of God that backs up the fact that God wants you to be healed. God wants you to prosper. Find the scriptures, apply the scriptures, believe the scriptures, and stand in good ground. Don't waver. Don't quit. Don't give up. Stand. Stand. Stand, therefore. Stay. Stand. And keep believing. Keep praising God. Keep thanking God. Knowing that to the degree that you know it, to the degree that you measure that you know it, it will just grow within you. And that seed out in the earth will come to pass. Whatever you're praying for, whoever you're praying for, whatever things you're praying for, they will come to pass if you don't quit. And that's the key. You can't quit. Did God quit? He lost his man. He lost his earth. He lost Lucifer. But God sent Jesus to get it all back. To get it all back. That's what he did. Jesus came. And the new covenant, I think, is really misunderstood understood often because people think they uh, can somehow keep the law now because of the new covenant. And Jesus was the only one who fulfilled the law. He said, I didn't come to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill the law. That means that he actually kept every part of the law. He kept it. And because he did, he paid the price. He went into hell. He defeated Satan. The new covenant is between God and Jesus. He kept all the law. Therefore, all we have to do is accept what he did. We can't keep it all, but you're going to blow it even if you try to keep it. So you repent and turn, and God is says, you know, he forgives you. The blood of Jesus totally sets you free from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. You are free from the curse that's attached from the breaking of the law when you accept Jesus, but it's his covenant. So it's an unbreakable covenant it's between God and Jesus, not between God and you and me. We, our objective and our covenant is with Jesus. We are in Christ who kept the law and was and defeated Satan and got back for you and I the full power of his word to work in our lives. And here we are. Here we are today. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to walk around broke, busted, sick, and disgusted? Are you going to walk around always tired and exhausted from thinking God doesn't want you to be healed? You have to take God's word and push back a ceiling way. And I know it's not easy. Never is. But you take God's word. Take God's word. He's got Jesus said his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Take his word. Let the word do the work. But you must believe in the word. Jesus is the word. God is love. Love is in Jesus. He is the anointed one. He came into the earth so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. Now, I don't know how else to put it. If you don't feel blessed, you need to take God's word and receive that blessing over your life because Jesus wants you to be blessed, wants you to be happy, wants you to be totally set free from the law of sin and death. And the only way you can do that is by being in him. Now, where is he? He's seated at God's right hand. And if you're in him, you are seated with him in God's right hand. Now fulfill the sacred ministry that God has given you because you're in Christ, seated at his right hand. Oh, Satan doesn't like that at all. 
But God wants to reveal to you today the special plan He has for you and I. We're out of time, and I like being all in. I hope you're all in. We'll see you again next week.